Hello, hello, here we come to you again, over 40 different platforms around the world, and we are the Paranormal World Show under Broadcast Team Alpha's umbrella, and we're going to have some fun tonight, some feel-good fun, because who does not want to hear about the extraterrestrial presence on Earth? I think absolutely every everybody is interested in one form or another. So this is going to be good. I have a wonderful guest with me. And um, my name is Augie, and I'm the host tonight. And uh, we uh, are also transmitting on the Conscious Awakening Network. You should go over there and check them out because they got a lot of shows on there. And uh, check it out at consciousawakeningnetwork.org and we are transmitting over there also and we are on uh, like I said of actually 44 different platforms as far as I know and uh, that uh, goes up to three TV stations and Roku and a bunch of other things so here we go and uh, I also want to invite you to join us in the mastermind connection uh, Nori and I created a um, spiritual think tank where we do some incredible things. There are things that we make happen that cannot be explained by Newtonian physics. But if you get deeply into quantum mechanics, most of it can be explained. And uh, we also do that. So come and join us. And if you'd like to check it out, send us an email to themastermind.com connection at gmail.com and uh, tonight today this morning this afternoon depending on where you are around the world we have constant constance victoria briggs with us she is the returning to broadcast team alpha and uh, like i said we're going to have some fun because uh, we're going out of the box here way out of the box and uh, she has written six books i just found out uh, i thought it was five but hey she got another one and the last one that came out is earth's galactic history its extraterrestrial connection and there's a lot to talk about there so um uh, we uh, we are going to jump right into it because uh, this is going to be good. So welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you, Augie. Thanks for having me back. Oh, this is going to be fun. Now you have you just put out another book, and uh, they can find that one also on Amazon, right? Correct. Yeah. So for those of you that is out there and. Uh, like to surf the internet at the same time you are listening and watching, go to uh, Amazon and check out her books. There's six of them, and the last one, I haven't had the chance to see that yet, but because it just came out. But we are uh, we're going to go into it a little bit here. So you don't have a picture, Augie. Here's a picture. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's the book, Augie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That is, that's excellent. I see <laughs> that orb that you have there sitting yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That is cool. just, just like some of them look like. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and what is actually this book all about? And uh, first of all, maybe also, why did you pick up this subject to write about? So you know, I'm I'm a I'm a big uh, obviously I'm a big believer that we're not alone in the universe and that Earth is being visited. Um, and you know, I've written the uh, the two moon books that took me on a journey into outer space and where I. I, uh, you know, I came across amazing information about who is out there, who might be out there and who is out there and what's going on in the in the galaxy. You and I have our hands in this information all the time. But I've met so many people that are a they they are not aware that we're not alone in in, in the universe. They think the idea is science fiction. They think that uh I'm making things up yeah, <laughs> when, yeah. when I talk about it. And uh, I just think it was time to to write a book that was easy to read, that sort of introduced people who have no idea about this stuff, who have no idea, for example, that there have been hearings by the government yeah. on your oath. None. I just thought it was time to write a book talking about it. And... Um, it was my desire to to write a book that went back from the beginning of history to the end. But as you and I know, Augie, there's just too much information for one book to put it all in there. Yeah. So this is an introduction to people, and um, we'll get into it, but I took it across various topics of where extraterrestrials have been seen and heard and found around Earth. And there's so much information coming out right now, even from government in pictures and videos and statements that confirms a lot of the stuff that you write about and others write about. So the people that are sitting on the fence right now, they can feel somebody shaking the pole. They're going to have to come off on one or the other side. Either they come off to the side that, yes, I accept the extraterrestrials are here, or they are going to jump off on the side to be totally ignorant in their own bliss. And well, that's going to be a a tough one for many, especially the one deeply embedded in religion. You know, that's true. And we've reached a point today, at this point in time in Earth history, that, you know, it, it looks like something is coming soon that is going to you know be revealed to the masses and i i don't think that they're going to have any any really any choices augie um you know you can't deny something that's right in front of you and and frankly it there's so much information there's so many sightings today mm -hmm. of uh you know this phenomena of ets and and, yeah. and ufos that it's hard to deny it. Even if you don't want to believe it, you can't deny it. And with the technology we have today of yeah. people capturing things on film all the time, yeah, there's yeah. just no denying it. So. Millions and millions of people are not making this up because there is evidence, physical evidence also. And, but also, I wonder, um, Earth has a long history of uh, extraterrestrial connections. What mm -hmm. is that Earth's extraterrestrial connection? How, where do you see it? So, you know, 
in the in the beginning of this book, I got a little bit deep, you know, and I wrote about some of the the theories that uh, take us all the way back to the beginning of uh, of, of history of of Earth. You know, um, I called that chapter Earthrise before I even got into the extraterrestrial people. I call this Earthrise because there is there are theories out there that life, believe it or not, didn't even begin on Earth. That it made that it began with extraterrestrial intervention. Yeah. There, there is some yeah. thought that our Earth was actually terraformed by extraterrestrials and there's a lot of talk about it it's not just ufologists there are scientists because they really up to this point they have not been able to prove where life started and there's such a diverse amount there's such diversity here that they think that maybe it was some of it was brought in you know the first idea is that there were uh, extraterrestrial cedars out there that were trying to, and they call it panspermia, but uh, that's the word, but to break it down, extraterrestrials that were trying to spread life in our galaxy and hit the different planets by doing kind of a seeding and hoping that intelligent life would take hold. But then there's another theory that extraterrestrials were directing the seeds to Earth to see if, if life would take hold. And then the last, you know, there's two more theories. And once you move past the terraformed Earth of how uh, if they didn't even take hold, if some of these uh, life forms were brought into from different worlds by extraterrestrials, they, some of the uh, life we see here, you know, pr people believe, you know, in evolution. And they think some of them that it started in this, you know, this soup, <laughs> kind of yeah. a mixed soup, and life crawled out of it. But that's. Some people are changing that idea. Some scientists are, are looking at this other theory. And I believe in writing this book that we need to entertain that idea that extraterrestrials had a hand in life here and had a, a hand in uh, the creation of humans, or maybe humans were even brought here. And that is just the first connection that I talk about in the beginning of this book. Um, the other connections would be going back into our history. I go as far back into our history and I look at the beginning of the ancient writings and the ancient texts. And I, I, you know, I've discovered that, well, Augie, you know, like many of us do that we, you know, all of the cultures just about on earth had um, writings about star beings yeah. to earth that helped humankind to uh, become, you know, advanced a little bit and and they saw that you know we're a young race they worked with us they helped us to start cities and agricultures they were here at that time openly they worked with us so we have the connection going all the way back to the beginning where they were helping us and then we have connections when we look at you know some of the artwork of the past that verifies that as evidence because humans early on wrote down and drew what they were seeing in their interactions with extraterrestrials. So if that connection, I'm trying to say, started, even though we're connected now, it started way back, way back in time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And 
scientists now, if they're starting to look at the evidence of the genetics of humans, they find that there has been genetic manipulation because uh, chromosome number two was cut, bent, and the telomeres were put on both ends of it. And it cannot happen yeah. by accident. That was done by some scientists somewhere distant past manipulating our genetic structure to create us. The evidence is there. It's clear. And uh, yeah. I mean, Greg Braden talks about it on the uh, on his channel, all over the place, proving it. There's a lot. There's a lot of theories as to, uh, you know, how they went about that too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's the idea, and I talk about it in my book, that you know uh, we were created maybe as some sort of biological AI and became sentient. That's a thing. Um, there was, you know, we, we all know of the Anunnaki story where humans were, you know, said to be created uh, to be servants. But wherever, you know, the story goes, and I can't give all the descriptions here, um, it looks like we were, like you said, created by extraterrestrials or they had a hand in our creation, even if they, you know, did mm -hmm. uh, mix their DNA with primates, which is another story. Um, no matter how you slice this, Augie, we have an extraterrestrial connection. Yeah. And it's something that we need to open our minds about and look at and discuss if we're going to advance as a worldwide yeah. society. Yeah, absolutely. We need to. And we know they're here, at least most of us know or highly suspect that they are here. But why do you think they come here? Or at least some of them, I know there are different agendas, but what do you think? Okay, so this is, you know, this is, uh, I think, probably one of the most interesting questions. Because when people think of uh, extraterrestrial visiting, they think of, you know, the gray aliens, right? The gray aliens have taken over social media. When you see mostly an alien, that's what they look like. And they think, you know, they think abductions for people not familiar with extraterrestrials or the whole idea. However, in my book, I talk about how we live in a galaxy that is teeming with life. Life is everywhere. Yeah. Um, if you listen to all of the information that has come in from the, the, the experiencers, the contactees, the extraterrestrials that have visited and ha visited and had contact with people on private, uh, on a private scale, not a mass scale. We know from them that there is a galactic community out there. Heck, there are, there are beings on earth that we, we cannot even see because of our, our limited sight. There's, there's life all around us that, that you wouldn't even know is out there. Mm -hmm. So not just one group, I'm trying to say, of extraterrestrials coming to visit Earth. There are a number of groups coming for a number of reasons. Some mm -hmm. of the reasons are more complicated than others. Now, if you think of, an, for example, this is where the fun part comes in because it's very Star Trek-like. If you think of extraterrestrial worlds where there are civilizations, where there are perhaps beings that are far more advanced than we are, 
because, you know, humanity seems to think that they're the greatest in the universe, right? That we were the first and that our technology is the highest. But when you look at the um, ratio of stars and galaxies out there, we know that there's more, there's more civilizations. So why not there be civilizations that are trying to learn Okay, that have advanced technology, that are able to travel the stars and are trying to explore the universe or a galaxy. So one of the reasons they may be coming is simply for exploring, just as NASA is talking about doing one yeah. day, exploring the universe. There may be beings that are already doing that and that have been doing so for many, many years. They're coming here for uh, scientific expeditions. Maybe they're taking, you know, this information back to their worlds. We've seen um, where uh, water, people have witnessed, for example, water being extracted from the from the oceans and the rivers. Yep. Um, there are, there's thought that they're taking other resources. So those are some of the reasons they may be coming. Um, another one, and this is uh, very interesting, is, is the idea that extraterrestrials may be looking to colonize areas of Earth, okay, or perhaps colonized Earth in the past, even before humanity was here, and maybe began to, you know, I don't know, interbreed eventually. But there may be people checking on Earth, checking their creations, checking, you know, yeah. where they're standing and the idea of colonization. I don't know. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Um, others here, Augie, and I could go down a long list, but I won't, I won't, I won't keep that list going. We'll use the whole time. But one of the, the ideas is that they may be trying to assist us. Okay. And assisting, assisting us can be so many ways. Um, they're trying to educate us as far as, what we shouldn't be doing as far as nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, we know, we both know the stories of them coming and talking to government officials and saying, you know, you can't do that. You can't let off nuclear, uh, use nuclear weapons. They're disarming nukes. They're mm -hmm. trying to assist us in becoming more mature and educating us on the topics of what we should and shouldn't do. I mean, there are books that were, that have been channeled, loaded, with information coming from extraterrestrials that are somewhere nearby channeling, I think that we shouldn't be doing that. And there's also said to be uh, extraterrestrials here that have been working with scientists in trying to uh, solve diseases and that sort mm -hmm. of thing, you know, so all kinds of uh, rumors about how they're trying to help. And they're also said to be on standby, you know, at least one group, on standby in case there is a worldwide disaster and we have to be lift, lifted off the earth. Okay, so they are here to assist. And another way they're here to assist is because we are a young group of uh, race of beings, we do not have the technology to protect ourselves against uh, a group that may come in that wants to control the earth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's been speculated that uh, some of the, uh, you know, ETs are here to act as protectors and guardians to a point, yeah. to a limited point, because they cannot interfere totally in what we're doing, but they can stop maybe a group from coming in and destroying us, which 
could be a thing. Yeah. So they're here to assist Earth. And uh, yeah, those, those, are, those are some of my, some of the reasons I think they might be visiting. I can go on with this list, Augie, but yeah. it's quite long. <laughs> I understand that. And uh, uh, you mentioned that uh, some of the extraterrestrial may be working with people on Earth for scientific purposes. And I know that is a fact because Dan Willis and Alina Danan is working with an off-world person. And he has given them technology, and the technology works. So I know that for a fact. That is happening. And uh, I think also that uh, government is trying now to tell us that, oh, be, please be scared because they're coming here to annihilate us. No. If they wanted to take over Earth, they would have done that hundreds of years ago when we could not shoot them out of the sky. Why wait till now when they're going to lose a lot of their ships? No, that's not going to happen. There's another, there's another thing here. But let me, let me, let me get off my soapbox. Uh, how far back in history do you see evidence, maybe by painting in caves or statues and stuff, that we can say yes, this is of an extraterrestrial origin or a depiction of something that they saw of extraterrestrial origin? Well, you know, Augie, this, this, this information goes back to the beginning of written history. Yeah. All right. So we've been seeing things, you know, the whole time. And um, people are not even aware of that. You know, at the most, they think it goes back to 1947 when UFOs are said to have started coming in here. No, that was a wave of UFOs because we created, you know, we were, were using, you know, weaponry that, uh, you know, well, we shouldn't have been or we were on the verge of creating, you know, all of these uh, these weapons. Yeah. But people think that they came in there, but no, they, they go back to the beginning of written history and depictions are all over the place. There was one one ancient uh, drawing that I saw, which was uh, extraterrestrials clearly sitting, uh, sort of peeking out of a ship, a disc-shaped ship with a weapon, and they were herding cattle. And uh, this was an ancient, this was an ancient picture. Um, there's a lot of those out there. There's a lot of depictions, even of, as we know what looked like astronauts in, in, in yeah. ancient, they call ancient astronauts. They go back, you know, thousands and thousands of years that let us know that they were there. And then you have all of the, the, the drawings out of, you know, the, the greatest um, empires in the ancient empires in the world. We, we know that the, the Greeks had writings and pictures, the Egyptians, Egypt, by the way, was, uh, was lit. I mean, it was full of extraterrestrial activity to the point where they're saying that the extraterrestrials had given Egypt light. They, they were using the electricity. Yep. It was nothing like, you know, we picture now this dry place and sandy. This this place was jumping with with people and extraterrestrials and people that didn't look completely humanoid. All right. Some of them had, you know, the the heads and faces of of what looked to be some sort of animal we see the gods and goddesses yeah. of egypt though that was a thing that wasn't someone's imagination and if you go back into the history of extraterrestrials 
and the origin and what we've been told. There are extraterrestrials in the universe that depict some of the beings that have been showed in Egyptian, um, what we call Egyptian mythology, but they were real. So, uh, you know, and they talked about it. You know, the, uh, the, the ancient peoples talked about extraterrestrials coming. They talked yeah. about their interactions. Um, so I've introduced that that in my book for people who don't know that that is really a thing. Yes. So that they would be aware. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to Egypt, uh, the Egyptians did not build the pyramids. The oldest writings that surfaced explaining who built the pyramid says the pyramid, uh, the large pyramid at least, it said it was built by the crocodile kings. So they didn't look human at all. But uh, that's for another day, I think. Yeah. Uh, now, they... you, you also found some things going on under the oceans. Oh, my God. You know, Augie, I could write a whole separate <laughs> book about what's going on under the oceans. And I just love mm -hmm. the whole idea of uh, the oceans and Atlantis and, you know, I'm running to every movie. But... Um, Okay, so basically this is this is the deal. When we look at Earth, every nook and cranny of Earth has been touched by extraterrestrial activity. There is a connection, and that includes the deep oceans. Yeah. Now, how can that include the oceans? A person might ask, how silly is that? There's not such thing as mermaids and all of this that they say. But I'm not talking about mermaids. I'm talking about people witnessing UFOs going in and out of Earth's deep oceans, rivers, and seas. And my book does, you know, list areas around the world where they have been seen, where people have been standing on the beach and they have seen uh, lights under the water. All right. Now, the first record I have of this, and I'm sure it goes back further, Mm -hmm. Two ancient times, but Christopher Columbus, Christopher Columbus is in my book because he and his uh, his men with, with over a hundred of them on three different ships. We know that were watching these things in the sky. They didn't have any words for them. They didn't know they were UFOs or spaceships. They called them stars, and they said these stars were flying around their ships, and then some of them were diving into the water. And then they would see the lights under the waters moving, but they didn't know what they were. And he was fascinated, of course. And he wrote about them in his journal. We're yep. so lucky that they kept journals back then, right? So that was one of the first recollections I like to give people, because if I mention some of the other stuff, they, don't, they won't know, know the names, but they know Christopher Columbus, right? But then I, I, I happened upon a story uh, that was uh, written by a woman who worked for an organization where the organization, um, she was very hush-hush in uh, naming things, but she was saying that they had to go and look at beached whales. Mm. These beached whales were on, 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 the, on a beach, they were dead, and they noticed that there were holes cut out of the whales. And they were like that when they found them, that people didn't come up and put holes in them. It looked to her 
professional eye, like these holes had been used, some sort of laser had been like a cylinder. Meat had been extracted from the whale, mm. basically is what happened. So in comes um, professionals with equipment to look at this area of the ocean. And what did they find? They found what they said were um, beings that could move in the water, that had um, vehicles in the water. And they also fired upon their equipment that they sent down there to observe them. All right. Now, this is a story that I put into my book because it was so interesting. And I believe it because I've read other accounts and I've come across other, uh, you know, people who said the way out in the sea, they've seen people's heads sticking up and looking at them. All right. So now who would these people be? We have two theories. One is that the earth really does have something called some kind of mer people down there. However, these other beings are quite different. These are the beings when we see UFOs coming into the oceans uh, that may perhaps be existing there that may be extraterrestrial. And the reason that extraterrestrials are thought to be in the oceans is because it seems to be a safe place for them to exist away from humanity's prying eyes. So if they want to come in and out and be close, the deep oceans is their best bet if they have the technology to survive there because they know that we can't go down there. And not only that, it's thought that when they are in the deep oceans, they are coming across areas that have caverns under the ocean that they can go through and perhaps go into inner earth yeah. or not. Now, who are these ETs that can go into water? Well, we know there is a ca- an account from the Dogen, um people who were visited ages ago by uh, am- amphibious beings called the Nomos, who came from the stars and gave them advanced information of the cosmos and the nomos all right were seen by these people going in and out of the sea they could live on land or they could live in the ocean but my question is did those nomos who came to earth and gave this primitive tribe in south africa the Dogen people information about the cosmos that wasn't even proven at the time, until eventually our, our 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 astronomers discovered that what they were saying was true, they discovered you know serious uh, the serious other serious star and all of this. But did mm-hmm. those did those nomos ever leave? Did they ever leave Earth and return to the stars, or are they still here? And is that them? I think they're here. They've been here a long time, and. Uh... In fact, when you talked about Columbus, I read his journal. And that incident you talk about happened about two weeks before he found the first island. So he was in the Caribbean at the time. So, yes, that's real. He saw those things. People don't know it. Yeah. People have never heard it. Some of this stuff is very public. Some of it's very popular, and there's other things in the book that that you know people may not you know know so much about. But I think people should know this information, Augie, yeah. wherever to get anywhere. And that's why I wrote the book. Yeah, that's excellent. That is excellent. Now, I also 
uh, speaking of under the ocean, but also inside the earth. You write about that also. What what do you think is inside? Is it the the center, the cavity, or is it small cavities around? And what do you think? All, all, <laughs> you know, it just couldn't. You you can't make this stuff up. It can't get any stranger. Really, yeah. you know, I brought up the hollow earth subject to one of my relatives, and they were like, there's just no way, Constance. Well, I'm here to tell you that they have, the scientists, and I have it in my book, scientists are saying, and I named the scientists, that there is water under, you know, beneath the earth. And there's a lot of it. There's um more than, they're saying, more than our oceans up here, okay? Yeah. I read that and, report. And there's caverns that are, you know, just go on forever down there. It's, it's a thing, and it's real, and there are beings down there. Now, we have all kinds of uh, mythological tales about, you know, Shangri-La, for example, and there being the city down there, or maybe more than one city. It's a thing. It's real. They're right beneath us. And people have gone their lifetimes not understanding this. Now, two theories of who these beings down there can be. We can refer to them as extraterrestrials, or we can refer to them as intraterrestrials. The intraterrestrials can be extraterrestrials that came even before humanity was created, and they've been there all along. Or they can be people who survived... You know, there's one story where there were people who survived catastrophes on Earth and went inside and found technology that would make them human. And we can refer to them as human intraterrestrials. Or we can also look at the fact that there may have been extraterrestrials that came from the stars that went inside Earth. Now, I say that because it, it's beginning to look like this hollow world thing is, is more than we ever expected. The moon is said to be hollow. It's thought to be hollow. Uh, the moons of uh, Mars are thought to be hollow. Um, Earth is apparently, has you know, hollow. So it could have been extraterrestrials that came in here and immediately just went in and, and built the this, this city. Now, why would they go inside Earth instead of on top, for example? Yeah. It is said that we, we are living inside out, that it is safer for races of beings to be inside of a world, to avoid radiation, to avoid catastrophe, weather that can wipe you out. It is safer to actually live on the inside and maybe visit the outside. So that could be a reason. So when I was writing this book, I talked about uh, some of the uh, stories the science behind it, and then some of the stories. There have been people who claim to have gone into inner earth, all right? One of the, one of the gentlemen was taken on a, um, on a ship. There have been extraterrestrials that have approached people that did not abduct them, but invited them to go on ships and visit. This, this guy said he went, actually, the, the USO, it was the USO, went inside the ocean and through a cabaret cavern that went into the earth and then he got out of the ship and he went into sort of an elevator like thing inside of a city down there 
And then uh, we have the account, as everyone, many people are aware of Admiral Richard Byrd, who uh, also visited Inner Earth. Now, this gentleman is very interesting because he was a decorated military officer. <laughs> and the government believed him. They believed anything he said. He was so well-known and so well-respected and so well-trusted. But they put him under, um, you know, they put a, 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 a gag on him. He couldn't talk about it for many, many years or he would, you know, be arrested. So he was respectful of their wishes. And he didn't talk about it. But eventually this book came out later with all of his um with his journey down there and he said it was a city and it was beautiful and he described it and he yeah. said that the people down there were were talking about how we were ruining the earth and giving us warnings now that's the second person i've named there's mm -hmm. another man who wrote books um uh the shaver mysteries yep uh he he visited uh yeah, he is said to have visited, and he described some of the same things that these other two gentlemen said that they saw. So something is going on. It looks like beings are down there, all right? But not only those guys, not only those humanoid people that we know of, there are also stories around the world of um, tunnels, you know, all over the earth that, that have openings that you can go into. And some people have gone in there and seen other beings and some of those beings were reptilian yeah reptilian beings in the caverns and what's really interesting is there's a, a cavern out of vietnam and um in that cavern it's you can you can visit yourself and it looks like a whole world onto itself pearls are on the floor there's a forest there's a river and you just think that if that all of that can be going on down there, then what else, you know, and that's right where you and I, Augie, can go. What mm. else is down there, right? But reptilian yeah. beings have been seen in some of these tunnels, and you really have to be careful if yeah. you know what a reptilian is. So, Yep, absolutely. And, uh, and for those of you that joined us late into this show, we are talking with uh, Constant Briggs. And uh, we're talking about her last book, Earth's Galactic History and, Extrater and Its Extraterrestrial Connection. Yeah. And this is getting really deep. And uh, <laughs> I got another question coming up that I've been brewing on. And that is that in order for us to be seated here or someone came here, they had to come from somewhere. What is this thing you write about called the Cosmic freeway yeah yeah so you know augie one of the arguments excuse me i'm losing my voice a little bit <laughs> um one of the arguments that we have uh from from many people in, including i think Fetty and and some other scientists uh, out there that we cannot be visited by extraterrestrials because the uh the the, the space is too vast to travel. Yeah. All right. So here it goes. One of the things that NASA is talking about doing in the future, we don't have the technology, obviously, is creating uh, or using or creating uh, technology to make portals and stargates and using mm -hmm. wormholes 
to traverse the uh, the uh, the galaxy or the universe. They're looking into that technology, and and of course, there some of some of them are saying we can never do it. We'll never do it. But it is a thought. All right. And I talk about a conference in my book where they were talking about this whole thing. What if there are extraterrestrials, and I believe they are, that already have the technology, that are so far ahead of us in their technology, that they've already been using wormholes to travel the galaxy, or they've learned how to bend, you know, you know, bend the the wormholes to use, just leave it at that. I don't want to get co too complicated. It's mm -hmm. easier to just say portals or stargates. What if they already have been? And I believe they are. Now, when we look at, when people have described some UFOs, they swear that they're there one minute and then they're gone the other. Some have sworn that they've gone through, that they saw a portal open and then they disappeared. Yep. That is a thing. That is the cost, what I call the cosmic freeway. All right. And it's not um, now whether or not this thing is regulated, because I believe there there are not, maybe I'll get into that uh, hierarchies in our galaxy running things, whether this thing is regulated, just like a freeway on Earth. I don't know. But it yeah. looks like there are beings that have that technology already. Not only that. But we've seen it in science fiction. So we understand what uh, a Stargate might be and what it can do, that you can send people and things through it if you have the technology to visit places. And i tell you something else. It's not just ships that were or are coming through these things. Around the Earth, um, all of, throughout our history, there are places where there have been portals. I put those in the book where people have been seen coming and going in yeah. fact um in some of the ancient times they said that the gods came and went through these doors they mm -hmm. call them doors but we would call them portals they weren't in ships all the time they were walking sometimes they just walk into these things and disappear and yeah. there have been uh, occasions on earth um in modern times where people have been seen walking through a door and, and coming back that is the cosmic freeway where people can come and go and travel that have the technology that are aware of it. We are not privy to it yet because we are too young a race to be able to use that kind of technology where we're still in our warring yeah. stage. They're not going to give it to us, you know? And if we are not educated about these things, you know, we're never going to have access to this kind of, technology i call it the star trek future mm -hmm. which is why i think we should be talking about it examining it even if it sounds far-fetched we should be mm -hmm. out thinking out of the box so that we one day will be spa a space-faring race that can use portals stargates and wormholes to travel the galaxy absolutely and uh now the question is of course <laughs> maybe we already are, it's just that we have not been told what yes, they're so talking that's... about in the secret space program and uh, the 20 and back program and these things. So, uh, but some of that will come to light and we're going to find out. But you did mention the, uh, the uh, galactic hierarchy. That I want to hear about because we're probably at the bottom of the rung there, but there are things above us in that hierarchy 
that goes off the planet into higher vibrations where there are good things going on and there are good entities there that wants our best. So when I'm talking about the galactic hierarchies, um, there are two different things that I am referring to. One of them, and I think the the main one, is that there are other, uh, I don't want to say, like it's not a government, organizations, I guess, that are out there that are keeping an order in the galaxy. So, you know, it, 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 it said basically that there was a time where there was more warring, there was warring going on among races within the galaxy and that something had to be done and that these uh, hierarchies were created to keep order. You know, just like when mm -hmm. I said uh, we are um, not allowed to use uh, certain weaponry. There's a reason, okay, because they know that it can affect the galaxy if we use these weapons, that it can destroy life on Earth. If they put it here, they don't want to destroy it. Yeah. So there are there are beings that are in charge of these kind of things that uh, will not allow X, Y, and Z. They may control the galactic, the, uh, the cosmic freeway. There are authorities out there that are in charge of what's going on. Not only that, but what's really, this is where it really gets kind of strange for me, is that, so we would be on the very, very bottom right now because we're new, but there may be extraterrestrial beings that are so far advanced that they actually may own Earth. Earth may be some kind of real estate, all right? And they may actually be, you know, controlling even the weather here or the, you know, population. That's a whole other thing. Um so that that is a thought, but the the hierarchies that I'm most familiar with, uh, the Council of Nine, uh, the Galactic Federation, um, these are are positive hierarchies that have the best look at outlook for the galaxy, and that includes Earth. These are beings that would like to see Earth uh, and her her. Um, inhabitants, humanity, uh, become a part of the galactic community, all right, to be able to travel freely in the stars and um, interact with other beings yeah. in harmony. In harmony. Is all, of the is all of the galaxy like that? I don't think so, Augie. I think there yeah. are some out there that have malintentions, but I think they are kept in check. Yeah, I think there's some governance going on in the, uh, the Galactic Alliance, and there are several different names for them, or maybe they are different organizations, but I think maybe we could have kind of changed the names a little bit. For There's got to be someone at the top having an overview of what's going on and try to regulate and keep the peace Imagine with people like us around, that's not that easy. Have you ever, you've heard the story of uh, a, a doctor, uh, Mr. Hamim Eshed, I think his name is, Hayim Eshed. He was a, I'm sorry if I'm ruining his name. I apologize, audience. Um, he was an Israeli writer mm. and um, he was in the news. So it's a very famous story about two years ago. He wrote about the Galactic Federation. 
Mm-hmm. I was watching the news and um, they were saying, you know, there's this Israeli gen- general, you know, he's he said that he's got all the money and education he needs. He's well known. And he's letting you know people know that there is a galactic federation, that there is people on Mars, and uh, Mars and Earth people are are on Mars, and they're working together with the galactic federation. And I've whirled around because I've heard about the galactic federation thirty years ago, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, they they outed the galactic federation on TV. That's the last I've heard of them, mm. but they're there. They're there. And they're watching and they're monitoring. And they are some of the main people. They, uh, apparently, they come from different worlds and are traveling in a ship, ships. And they're out in Earth vicinity. They're keeping an eye on us. And they're also uh, protecting us. Yep. And we, we have the NASA prints even of these ships. One of them that I can think of is that around Saturn, uh, right outside the outer rim, there is a 3,000-mile-long blob of a ship taken in the uh, infrared specter. But it's 3,000 miles long, sitting right there. And they were a little bit later, it's not there (laughs) in the same stream of pictures. So there's something out there. Now, that's not ours. We don't make 3,000 mile long ships. (laughs) Um, Not yet. (laughs) I don't care what the secret space program is doing. They're not doing that. (laughs) That's pretty Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, did you have some favorite stories about extraterrestrials that you could I love story time. You know, um, some of my favorite stories are coming out of the medieval times because we have been visited forever since we've been on Earth by extraterrestrials. There's a whole bunch of of things that have gone on. Uh, One of my favorite stories is uh, that of Charlemagne, the leader Charlemagne. Oh, my goodness. He did not like UFOs. So he was seeing UFOs. He was really bothered by them being around. I don't know why they were picking on poor Charlemagne. In fact, they, they you know, during those times, they, they did visit a lot of the world leaders. And because, you know, these guys had um, people who wrote down all activities going on. So anyway, Charlemagne was so perturbed by these UFOs showing up, kind of stealing his thunder, I guess, that he produced uh, an edict that they were not allowed to come. <laughs> He had it declared that they were to stay away. They were not allowed to come. That's one of my fav- my favorites. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay. He wouldn't um, do he wouldn't do that unless he saw something. He, that's the, that's the whole point. All right. So, guys, during medieval times, I don't know what was was happening, but there, you know, there was a lot of war going on across Europe. Yeah. UFOs were showing up all the time and people were mistaking them for signs from God because they didn't know any better. And they would say that God sent these flying shields. They knew what a shield was because they used them in war, right? These disc-shaped shields that they used. So what they were seeing in the sky reminded them of that. These shields, or these, these, these UFOs, 
were interfering in those wars. They were trying to stop them. In one case, uh, one of these uh, UFOs landed between two warring, fa warring factions, and they had to back off from each other. This thing broke up the war, or at, at least temporarily. All right, and all over the writings from medieval uh, times, you can write uh, in in before that even you can read about these well, in my book, and um, of how extraterrestrials were intervening in wars and how they were uh, perturbing some of the leaders. There's one uh, case where there were um, a priest getting ready for a sacred, a sacred day the next day. And the priest uh, wrote about how uh, their, their building where they were pre preparing for uh, their meal and getting ready for the next day, how it was shaking. And uh, you know, something in the sky was shaking and they could hear uh, you know, warring going on in the sky. Actually, let me let me back up. There were some times where there was warring going on between UFOs in the sky and, and there was clanking noises. And they, you know, people have more than one occasion ran outside and they saw UFOs basically shooting, shooting beams and things at each other. And so these priests wrote about this and they said, you know, it was just so strong. Even the doors were flying open. The building was shaking. Why were they in the skies fighting each other? Who were they? I believe that there were some uh, beings at that time trying to attack Earth, and that they were being um, they were being chased away. Yep. And in one one account, it said that they heard something in, in in a voice from space said, "You know, the gods are leaving." And I thought, the gods are leaving. They heard that. They actually wrote this in the history journal. The gods are leaving. I think that it was someone, maybe the Galactic Federation, like I said, pushing these things aside. And it was that sarcasm? The gods are leaving. They chased them away. Sarcasm? You know, so I talk about that. There are pictures from uh, those times because they had what, you know, they to them was a newspaper, but they, they had them on wood, wood carvings. That was the news for the day. Yeah. Yeah. And they had these drawings. What do they call them? I'm getting the word for it. They had these drawings depicting these UFOs in the sky fighting. Yeah, I've seen that. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? And it was more than that one. There were a few of those. Mm -hmm. But they don't do that anymore. I don't know. I don't know where they went or, or what. I, I I tend to believe that somewhere along the line, there was some sort of agreement put in place where they couldn't just blatantly come out like that and show themselves or there would, would be consequences. Yeah, yeah I know. And uh, I see we got about uh, five minutes or so left here on the show. And I got a personal question. Have you had any personal experiences or sightings of your own? So I have had uh, what we would have called years ago paranormal experiences my whole life. But there have been, um, there was uh, a few in particular. Uh, I seem to have some sort of uh, friends out there that, materialize and dematerialize because there have been events in my life where I felt like I was I was saved by someone. I used to think that, you know, they were benevolent angels or something. But I, if I go back to a time in my life, there was a time where, um, you know, I was a kid that was heavily bullied. 
And I tell this, you know, story to my friends sometimes, but I don't go into this detail. I was heavily bullied. And, you know, I was one of those kids that wanted to commit suicide to get just end it all, get rid of the bullying, get rid of the dysfunctional household that I was growing up in. And uh, I took these pills, a bunch of uh, sleeping pills. And um, while I was lying there, uh, what I believe to be now a portal opened up. I used to tell this story and say it was a swirling cloud. What it looked like was a swirling cloud that opened. But I believe no, it was a portal and someone came out of it. And this person was uh, asking me to come. It was, he was pulling, you know, holding out his hand and saying, you know, come, come on. And um, and I was just looking at him like, oh my God, this is what happens when you, you know, you take a bunch of pills. I was like 14 years old. And I didn't know anything about angels then or extraterrestrials. But he looked really worried. He looked very concerned. And he had a gown and it had a turtleneck. And I see him today in my memory. I just see him as black and white. I don't really remember the, the colors. But that was a portal that he came out of. And so. What I, fa facial features or did it look like us? Yeah. He looked, he was human. He was humanoid. He had very, very nice facial features. I never forgot him. I could still see his face today. Very uh, normal, slender nose. Um, normal lips, just, you know, he was an attractive person. <laughs> he looked humanoid. Uh, but it took me many years of studying and learning to fully understand this experience. And I tell you, I came across a life-changing book, Augie. It was called... Um, from Elsewhere, written by Scott Mandelaker. And this was a book about extraterrestrials on Earth that were born into Earth that were living here. And this woman described exactly what I had described seeing. And by this time, I knew enough about extraterrestrials to recognize the name that she gave of the person that she was describing and she said and so um i looked up this this entity who i will not name right now but i looked up the entity i did my research and i found a channeled picture of this being and this being in the channeled picture was in front of a swirling cloud like a portal mm. turtleneck up to here and i swear to you it looked like the exact same face to me wow so, yeah, I've seen that that being. Maybe I'll write a book about it one day. I'm not ready to, to out him or name him, but I believe that he is there. Mm. And that would explain some of the downloads of information I get. I feel like sometimes, Augie, I'm just getting downloads of information. I have to go run and write it. I have guides around me. And I have experiences where I am elsewhere during my sleep. My latest experience was there were three uh, beings and I've tried to find them in all of my books of extraterrestrials. You know, I've been, I've been told that I'm, I'm from Sirius, that mm -hmm. that's where I was before I came to earth. <clears throat> and I don't know if these were Syrian beings or not, but they were uh, not exactly, they were humanoid, but their eyes were very, very different. Mm. Um, they had very strange eyes. And Augie, it looked like they were working on me and something was wrong with me. Something mm. was wrong. 
and they were concerned and they were two of them were running in different directions and one was very close to me trying to fix me but I don't know what they were doing now I also have uh, the experience of going on trying to get into a ship I call it I, I used to think okay this was something that happens in my astral I go into the astral a lot guys I travel every night and I'm interacting with people but in this case, I can remember the ship. People talk about going on, on ships and being off planet. I remember the ship. And it was something divine. I've never seen any ship in any of the books that I have. And I have a lot of books with uh, descri ship descriptions. Nothing like this gorgeous thing. So I believe I am going off planet. I believe I am connected. I believe I am getting downloads. And I believe that, you know, some of us come here with things to do to try to uh, push this agenda of having the earth um, ascend people do better and having us to um, learn that we're not alone in the universe and trying to achieve a, a, a point where we can have contact because I really think that that will make things better here. So yeah. that's my story. I think that there is someone working with me. I have guides giving me information all the time. I'm never alone. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, uh, now towards the end here, let people also know where they can find your books, not just that the one that we've been talking about, but uh, all of them. <laughs> okay, well, you can go on Amazon. Doesn't Amazon have everything? Um, you can get them all on Amazon, or you can Google the last three, um, the two moon books and this earth book. You can go to Adventures Unlimited Press. They have it. But believe me, just go to Amazon. <laughs> yeah, and they're quick. They they get it out right away, too. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Gosh, this, this has been interesting. Thank you very much for being with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, this was fun. And uh, I'm going to go check that book out because I haven't had time to see it yet. Because uh, when you sent me the note saying that you had a new book out, Within five minutes, I was on the phone with you to yeah. book a show. <laughs> so this worked out all right. And I thank you very much. And I thank the listeners and the watchers. The, depends on where you are. Some of the uh, platforms we are on, there's only audio. So I thank you also. And um, if you like what you heard, please subscribe. It's going to help us a lot. And you also will get the notice. To click the bell, you'll get the notice when the next show comes up. So until then, be good to each other. <laughs>